It's Simmer's Morning Skate, a podcast for the hockey news. I'm Rob Simpson, a.k.a. Simmer. With the All-Star break, there's no local morning skates, so I had the delight of popping over to HQ and catching up with the NHL's Senior Executive Vice President of Hockey Operations, Colin Campbell. Coley's been involved in the professional game as a player, coach, and an administrator since he was drafted out of juniors in 1973. He won a Stanley Cup as an assistant coach with the New York Rangers in 1994. He's the league's top cop. Fines, suspensions, reviews. Ultimately, he's the man in charge. I'm not going to yell at you, and I'm not going to question any calls. How does that sound? Sounds enlightening and refreshing. <laughs> Uh, let's go back and talk about the WHA of all things. You were once in 1973 a Vancouver Blazer. What does that mean exactly? Vancouver was one of the what 10 or 12 WHA teams at the time. It was the second year of existence of the World Hockey Association. It was It was an outlaw league, something like the uh, American Football League when they came in, when there was a, an NFL already established. And uh, the second year they were going after a lot of juniors. Um, and Vancouver uh, chased me. I was drafted, I think, 26 by Pittsburgh in the second round. That was two rounds. That, that, that would take you to the second round, and that would be in the first round. And fifth overall by, by Vancouver in the world hockey, uh, probably because seven or eight or ten guys had already signed uh, with NHL teams. And uh, I figured it was a good chance to... Uh, to play in the Canadian city. They were playing in the same arena as the Canucks and uh, the money was exactly the same, the offer. And uh, uh, I got to play against Bobby Hull and Gordie Howe. And uh, so it was a glorified Amer a minor league. And it was a good experience. Uh, but the next year I jumped back to, to the NHL. So it was a good first year and uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, prior to that, you're a junior in Peterborough. Very good team to say the least excellent program some of the names that have had their jerseys or names retired are, are pretty astounding including your friend steve eiserman from your detroit days you had your uh, your jersey retired not too long ago that must have been pretty cool yeah that was i, I was pretty uh, humbled by by their their approach when they came to me and, and asked me if, 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 if I would do it. I said, of course I'd do it, but, but aren't there like about 73 people ahead of me? <laughs> and, uh, and they said, we had a great junior career here, and uh, uh, it's about what you've done for hockey and after your junior career, and we're proud of it, and so we'd like to honor you. And uh, so with the people that got up there, uh, Bob Ganey, who I played with, uh, Roger Nielsen, who coached me there and coached me in Vancouver, and I worked with Roger in New York, and uh, we had a long friendship. Um, Mickey Redman, of course, who uh, I worked a little bit with in Detroit. Uh, of course, Stevie Eisman, who, who lived with me a little bit his first year. Uh, and I played with and coached in Detroit and still remain good friends. So you're right, a, a number of guys that, that I'm, I'm familiar with. Uh, uh, Scotty Bowman, um, Dick Todd, who worked with me in, the, in Detroit or in New York. We won a Stanley Cup. and uh, So it was uh, real humbling, but uh, a very, very nice night, well-organized night. And uh, I checked, and they still lead the league with the most juniors put into the NHL. It's, it's close now. London's pulling up fast, but... Uh, they're back. They have a good a good season this year, and uh, hopefully they do well in the playoffs. But that was a great night. We talk about the six degrees of separation in the hockey community. It's more like two degrees. Everybody's connected. It's no surprise to see Gallant where he is and Heisman where he is and some of these other guys going on to be 
post-playing career, uh, you know, successes? When I broke in, broke in with Detroit as an assistant coach, I finished my career there as a player. Played there three years, and then I was an assistant coach uh, uh, most of the time with Jock Demers, and we had some pretty good success there. We had some infamous stories. I, um, one of my key jobs here was to take care of uh, Bob Probert, and and and. and uh, that was a full-time job, and then, <laughs> then some. Yeah. Uh, bless his soul, he's gone now. But uh, he was uh, he was a lovable guy, just in trouble lots of lots of times. And but when you look at it, you know, Joey Kosher had his issues. Uh, Peter Klim had his issues. Uh, 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 Sheldon Kennedy was there; he had issues. And and you look at all the issues we had, we had, and despite that, we had a pretty good team. But then when you look at the players that went through there, on the opposite side of the ledger. Paul McLean was a head coach. Uh, Steve Eisman's a GM. Jerry Kalan was a head coach. Dave Lewis was a head, co head coach. Dave Barr's an assistant in several places. Michael Connell was a GM. Dave Glenn Hanlon was a head coach. Greg Steffen was an assistant coach. Adam Oates was a head coach. It's amazing how many guys went on to be assistant coaches, head coaches, or GMs. I'm probably forgetting a couple guys, you know, but it's, uh, it's incredible how many, how many players went on to have careers in, in management and coaching. Yep. We're a long way from the Bruce brothers. Uh, you just mentioned Kocher and, and Probert. Uh, the game has changed so dramatically. You and I are cut from the same cloth, so some might call us dinosaurs because we like a little extra uh, Haas and Pfeffer in our entree, if you will. Uh, things that happen now are nothing to what happened back in the well, 70s when I started, the uh, 80s and 90s, and uh, and with Joey and Proby, uh, it was, uh, <laughs> I used to tell them, you guys don't even have to fight. You just have to talk from the bench, and the other guys will go away. It was a long <laughs> walk for visiting teams from the Western Hotel to the Joe Louis Arena, knowing they were going to have to face those two guys. And then we had, one thing, we had Snips and Bridgman and Steve Martinson, and we had a, Jerry Gallant was a tough player. Like, we had a tough, tough team, and uh, uh, it was an entertaining game. You go to Joe Louis, you see Steve Eiserman, Adam Oates, uh, uh, in, in those uh, uh, late years in the 80s, a uh, yep. uh, good hockey team. We went to the Final Four twice, got beat by Edmonton, but we, we give them the run for the money. Uh, we stole the game both times in the first two in Edmonton, but they just, like we shut down Gretzky, Messe, Coffee, and the guy that killed us, the two guys were Rutzelainen and Nielsen, Ken Nielsen, who they picked up. Yep. So uh, they had an array of talent, but it was a the physical game back then, and 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 the, I'd have to say, those two players, Coach and Probert, easily could be in the top five of the toughest players of all time. Yeah. A couple things casual fans might not know about Coley F Campbell: 15 years on the Hall of Fame selection committee. But how about being second guest, and how about the honor of being part of that group for 15 years, picking uh, Hall of Fame members? I think the, the the best part about the Hall of Fame selection committee was we'd meet two days a year, and we were obviously prepared in advance and had tons of material coming in two or three months in advance of the meeting that you studied and and uh, go over on, on, on the nominations, uh, whether it was a player, builder, female, into the Hall of Fame. And uh, then when you went there, Scotty Bowman was on, I think, my first 12 years, and I'd always fight for a table to sit with Scotty. For, for, for dinner the night before because Scotty could remember who was on a practice line in 1958. It was <laughs> amazing some of the Scotty Bowman stories. And uh, it's a good group of people. It changed a lot. And 
Uh, I had, I had, uh, I know we, we um, I guess I can say it now, I'm not on the committee, you know, we, we considered Paul Henderson, and I didn't vote for him once, and then after that I said, this is crazy, you know, this guy scored three of the most important goals in hockey of all time, I go, you know, so it's, it's, it's amazing how you change your mind and you think about things, and, and you know, one guy walked on the moon once, we know who he was, and then Paul Henderson, it's almost as important to the Canadians, the three goals he scored, as, as, as it is to Americans, the guy walking on the moon, and so I'm going, you know, he should be in the Hall of Fame, he never got in there, my watch, but uh, uh, I, I still think he should be in, so there's lots of situations like that, should the guy be in, should not the guy be in, this guy is, that, that guy's not, is it, about, is it about goals, is it about Stanley Cups, uh, it was a it was a good experience, and uh, uh, it was a privilege to be on that committee, and it was time to get off it after 15 years. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Hall of Fame and this area and in the office, we lost Jim Gregory not long ago, Uncle Jim to many. What did he mean to you? When I came here, uh, actually I was coaching the Rangers, and uh, I was fired after three and a half years. And uh, like most coaches, I don't think I deserved to be fired. I'd gone to the Final Four the year before, but Jerry Gallant will tell you that too right now. But uh, uh, Gary Bettman called me up and a couple months later and asked me to come down and meet with him. I'm going, what did I do? I haven't even been coaching here for two months. I couldn't have said something or done something wrong. You know what I got to see the commissioner for? So I came down and we talked about this job because Brian Burke had uh, resigned and was looking for a job and I think he was honing in it on either Atlanta or Vancouver at the time and he ended up in Vancouver. And uh, so um, I, I called up Roger who was always a good friend and a confidant. I said, Roger, I got this uh, offer from Gary Bettman. What do you think? And Roger, ah, you don't want that crap, you know, like you want coaching. <laughs> I said, Roger, and like, uh, I don't know, you know, sounds interesting. I'm getting kind of tired coaching, maybe it's a good change, I don't know, and so he said, well, anytime I've got a tough decision, I call up Jim Gregory. So I called up Jimmy Gregory, who worked with the league, and he was fantastic, and fantastic uh, uh, from the day I came in here, and uh, he was so humble, he'd do anything for you, he'd pick you up, uh, give you a ride here, uh, deliver that for you, he, he never was afraid to get his hands dirty on anything, and no, no, no small job was, was, was too small for Jim Gregory. And uh, he was pleasant to everybody. He never said no to anybody when it come to charities. And, uh, uh, and I just said to my assistant, uh, Kelly Rosat today, I said, you know, I came in here today and I saw Jimmy's parking spot empty. And I said, it's amazing how much we miss Jimmy. And uh, he'd, he'd hang around in our room there at night, you know, and we'd tell him to go home because we're worried about him driving. It'd be 10, 10.30, you know, and, uh, and Jimmy was 84 this year, and so we were a little worried. But uh, he was uh, he was put in the Hall of Fame, I think, seven or eight years ago, and uh, selected and 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 and, and honored. And uh, uh, there couldn't have been a better builder than Jim Gregory, a better person. Yeah. Do you ever think about or daydream about maybe uh, Coley Campbell, builder in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> well, you know, some guys have said it uh, again. Those kind of honors are really humbling because in Peterborough, it was kind of refreshing, you know, to get clap. You know, people clap <laughs> for a change instead of boot or give me like I just find uh, John Tortorella, but a month ago, and I got a couple real, you know, distasteful letters and emails. <laughs> I don't know how to get my email, but they did. And uh, uh, well, you you have being part of it, you know, you never think that you'll be selected one day. But if it ever came along, it would certainly be an honor and. Uh, 
because I always remember, you know, I, we all as the kids lived the game, and, and, and I only went to one NHL game in my life, and it was one of the highlights of my life up until the age of 12, and it was a Detroit-Chicago game in Detroit. We stayed out some hotel holiday inn the night before, and I went to the Olympia, and uh, it was amazing, and uh, and I remember making a visit to the C&E over here in the water where the old Hall of Fame used to be and going through there. And uh, so I grew up idolizing everything about hockey, and uh, um, and the Hall of Fame is... Uh, I used to say to Jimmy Gregory, who used to make the calls from the Hall of Fame, he was the chairman, when we would decide, make our vote, and who got selected, Jimmy would go and make the three, four, five calls and call the guy and say, you know, like, congratulations, and I used to... I used to go back to the office and suspend guys and make the call and say, you're suspended, you know, and I get swore at. And I said, Jimmy, just one time, one time, let me make one of those good calls, Jimmy, to the guy going into the Hall of Fame. I just want to make a nice call once. Yeah. Do you know how much longer you're going to do this gig? You're about the 47th person that's asked me in the last three months. And I don't, so. and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just Well, you know, like, like um, I'm taking along beside my boss. And when he decides to pack in, I'll be right there with him for sure. Um, prior to that, uh, uh, if you if you had asked me my first year, I'd say I got a couple months left in this gig. It was so <laughs> tough. I was being screamed at by the Harry Sinnons and Bob Clarks and Pat Quinns and Bob Pulfords and Pierre Lacroix and Glenn Sathers. And I'm going, gee, you know. But Gary and Bill Daly have been tremendous allies, very supportive through tough, tough situations. And Gary and Bill, uh, uh, Gary allows me to hire who we need here, and we got such a structure uh, watching games now, overseeing games. Stephen Walkham does a good job, a thankless job as head of the referees and linesmen. So we got real good people. I got a real good assistant who helps me do the job here day in and day out, which are, which is very important. So to have the help and the support, it's easy to do a job when you don't have that and you're left out on an island. Then there's trouble and. Uh, um, I, I, I miss coaching. I had a few offers to be a general manager. I miss the competitive aspect of the game, and it looks like that ship has sailed. But uh, I've had opportunities along the way, and, and I always tell guys, coaches and managers, you know, like we miss having that cold beer after a game, but I never, never miss having that warm beer, you know, when you lose or no beers. And, uh, and, and, and you're, you're, I said to Wayne Gretzky once when he was thinking about coaching, uh, Arizona, Phoenix. And I said, Wayne, are you nuts? I said, when you coach, you don't sleep at night. You just close your eyes. It, it's, it's, <laughs> the, the losses just kill you, you know. Yeah. So, so um, it's 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 fun. We have guys in a room, and I say to them, you know, what do you do for a living? And they say, we watch hockey games. I said, I know you watch hockey games, but what do you do for a living? Oh, we watch hockey games. I said, I know you watch hockey, but what do you do for a living? So, to work in hockey is it's it's, it's a privilege and a thrill. So. Uh, uh, and, I, and I have the good fortune to work with good people, too. So, Last thing, a, a mutual friend of ours about 10 years ago told me about your near-death experience, which you've only talked about once publicly, and that was in a Bob McKenzie book, Bob McKenzie, former of the ho formerly of the Hockey News, of course. Is that something you still think about, or is that, does that come up to your mind often, or have you moved on from it? Or is it and, and what did it do to change your perspective? I think about it... Uh, Every now and then you'll see something in a movie where someone's going down in the water or you, you see a pond, and I love ski. I skied in a pond my whole life. and uh, you, you, um, you basically almost drowned in your tractor in a pond. The tractor had an enclosed cab, and I couldn't get out of the cab. Yep. And uh, the cab filled up with water, and uh, the doors wouldn't open because of the pressure. And uh, 
at the last moment, I was able to, I still had enough strength in my legs to kick the window right out of the door of the tractor and crawled out and up through the ice, got a little few cuts on my head and arms trying to get through the ice and tractor. It was pretty thick, the ice, and uh, I was right after Fenway, and I kind of had the urge to skate outside after the Fenway outdoor oh, game, yeah, you know, yeah. and I was cleaning the ice off. So, yeah, I, I think about it often, and I wondered what if and, and how would life have changed and how my family would have been and how fortunate I was. So there's lots of times when there's tough days, tough times, tough things, but I think, you know, then, then, then if, 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 if I hadn't survived that day, it, it would have been very hard on my family. And, and, and so it, it crosses my mind a lot, and especially in the wintertime. And, uh, and, and so that was, it's funny, as, as much as you love to skate on the outdoor ice, <laughs> it turned out to be kind of a miserable day that day. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that, and thank you for sharing everything, because it's always a distinct pleasure, and we uh, wish you nothing but the best here as you move along, and hopefully for it's a long, long time. Simmons, always good to talk to you, and good to talk to you again. Check out all of the Hockey News podcasts, including Fantasy League stuff, news from out west, and analysis from the fine editorial staff at thehockeynews.com, where you can also subscribe to the print and digital editions of the Bible of Hockey. I'm Rob Simpson, and this has been Simmers Morning Skate for the Hockey News. Enjoy the hockey action.